Shalom to all! Today we're going to learn the very first daf in Seches Yavamas. Of course, that's Daf Beis. And today's daf is sponsored by Lili Nishmas, Morris, Miriam, Sarah, Basar, Yaakov, Moshe, Her Nisham Shadav, and Aliyah, El Lili Nishmas, Rabbi Yosef Yantef, Ben Rabbi Asher Anshul, His Nisham Shadav, and Aliyah. And as we always say, just like we're starting this Masechah together, we should be Zechah to finish it together, and of course, all of Shas together. Now, there's a famous saying, it's a totally different ball game, and that's quite apropos over here. We're beginning a new Seder and a new Masechta, Seder Nashim, Seches Yavamas, which usher in brand new concepts, discussions, and topics that we have not been exposed to previously. Now, the name of this Masechta, Yavamis, comes from the word Yibam, which we have learned about in the past. The Pesach tells us that when a man is married and dies without kids, his brother has a mitzvah to marry his wife, Lehakim Laachiv Shem, to establish a name for his brother. When a child is born from his new marriage, in some way, the deceased brother has a continuance in this world. And that's called Yibam. As the Pesach says, Yavama Yavayaleha, her Yavam should live with her. When a Yavam marries a Yavama, that's called Yibam. Now, the concept of Yibam itself is quite the Chiddush because of the 21 Arayas, forbidden relationships in the Torah, Aishas Ach, the wife of his brother, is one of them. A person is allowed to marry his brother's wife if, let's say, they got divorced, but Yibam is a unique mitzvah in as much as this is the only situation where one is permitted to his brother's wife. It's important to note, though, that Yibam isn't just a nice thing, something optional. If the brother opts out, everyone could just go on their merry way. In Gemara terminology, the widow is connected to the brother by what's called Zikas Yibam, a bind of sorts which can't just be done away with. Either this bind is strengthened by Yibam, where now they're 100% married. If the brother doesn't want to do Yibam, then he has to do Chalit which severs the Zika. Chalitza is a whole process where they go to Bezdin, she takes off his shoe, and the whole thing is quite the Hatzaga, as we say in Hebrew. And now just a few more important specifics about Yibam before we start. Firstly, if there's more than one brother, they all have the Zika, and the Gemara is going to discuss who should marry the widow. Also, the discussion of Yibam only starts if the husband doesn't have children. If he has children, no Yibam. If she has children from a different marriage, but he doesn't, then yes, Yibam. Furthermore, there are a number of scenarios where one would not do Yibam, but would still do Chalitza, such as if their marriage was only the Rabbanon. In that case, the Zika isn't Midai Raisa. Yibam wouldn't be allowed, but there still is a necessity for Chalitza. And now into the Mishnah, but before we read it inside, let's talk about it outside. The Mishnah begins enumerating 15 of the 21 Arayas that may play a role in the Yibam discussion. For example, Reuven and Shimon are brothers, Reuven marries his niece, whom we're going to call Rachel, Shimon's daughter, and then Reuven dies without kids. Reuven's wife now falls to Yibam to her husband's brother, Shimon. But Shimon is her father. In that case, there would obviously be no Yibam because there's an erva involved. In other words, the Yavama is an erva to the Yavam, therefore, no Yibam. But let's take this a step further. Besides for Reuven being married to Rachel, he had another wife whom we're going to call Miriam. And here's an important term. These co-wives, Rachel and Miriam are called Tsarais. One wife is the Tsara, the co-wife of the other. And yes, this terminology Tsara is exactly as it sounds. They are a source of Tsaris, of pain and hardship for each other, being co-wives, hence the term Tsaris. So back to Ruvain, who's married to these two women, Rachel, who's his niece, and Miriam, who's a random woman. Ruvain dies. His wives now have Zika's Yibam to his brother, Shimon. As we've said, Shimon would most definitely not do Yibam to Rachel because she's his daughter, which is an erva. But what about Miriam? Perhaps Shimon would have to be Miyabe Miriam, who's Rachel's Tsar. The Mishnah tells us that a Tsaras Erva, the co-wife of an Erva, is also Pater from Yibam, and therefore Shimon would not do Yibam to Miriam either. And now, let's add even another layer to this. There really is a third brother in the picture, and of course, his name's Levi. Levi happens to be married to Yecheved, a fine Eshes Chayel. When Ruvain dies, Levi doesn't have any Erva issues with Rachel or Miriam. Rachel's his niece whom he's allowed to marry, and Miriam is also not an issue, she's just a regular Yavama. So Levi decides to be Miyabe Miriam, but sadly, Levi dies without children. Now Miriam and Yecheved fall to Yibam to the remaining brother, Shimon. And here's the key. Miriam, as we already said, isn't allowed to marry Shimon because she's a Tsaras Erva. Miriam's former co-wife, Rachel, was an Erva of Shimon. But Miriam now passes on that 
that status of Tsaras Erva to her new Tsara Yecheved. And now Yecheved as well is Asr to Shimon. Yecheved is called Tsaras Tsara, the co-wife of the co-wife. Now the Mishnah is going to tell us that this chain continues on forever. The Erva passes on the Ptura of Yibum to the Tsaras Erva. The Tsaras Erva passes it on to the Tsaras Tsara. Tsaras Tsara passes it on to the Tsaras Tsara, Tsara, so on and so forth. We'll just add one more layer to this. We had left off that Levi had died and left his two wives, Miriam and Yecheved, and we had said that both of them are Pater to Shemin. But now let's say fourth brother Yehuda married Yecheved, and he also had another wife, and then Yehuda died without children. Yecheved and Yehuda's wife are also Pater to Shemin because of Tsaras Tsaras Tsara and Tsaras 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 Tsara, so on and so forth. You get the point. And now you're probably wondering how in the world this Pater of Tsaras Erva keeps on getting handed off to women that have nothing to do with the original Erva, and you're not alone in this. There's a giant tumult among the Mefarshim how to explain this. And now finally we're going to begin the Mishnah. Chamesh Nashim, 15 women, as we said, these are 15 of the Arayas, they're going to create a p'tur for their tsara, for their co-wife, and their co-wife for her co-wife, they're going to pater them from chalitza and yibam, till the end of the world. As we said, this p'tur keeps on getting handed off from one co-wife to another, to another, to another. And these are those 15 women, says the Mishnah. Bitai, his daughter, meaning Reuven is married to Shimon's daughter. Ubas bitai, ubas benoi, or Reuven's married to Shimon's granddaughter. Reuven's married either to Shimon's daughter's daughter, that's Bas Bitoi, or he's married to his son's daughter, that's Bas Benoi. Bas Ishtai, Reuven is married to Shimon's wife's daughter. Shimon had married a woman, she brought in a daughter from a different marriage, and Reuven married that daughter. Or Ubas Beno, Bas Bita, Reuven is married to Shimon's wife's granddaughter, either her daughter's daughter or her son's daughter. Chamaisai, Reuven's married to Shimon's mother-in-law. Ve'im Chamaisai, Ve'im Chamav. Or Reuven's married to the mother of Shimon's mother-in-law, or to the mother of Shimon's father-in-law. Reuven is married to Shimon's sister from his mother. Reuven and Shimon are brothers and they share the same father. Shimon has a sister from his mother. That sister is allowed to marry Reuven because they're not related at all. Vachais Imai, or the sister of his mother, meaning Reuven is married to Shimon's aunt. It's not Reuven's aunt, but it's Shimon's aunt. Vachais Ishtai, or the sister of his wife, meaning Reuven and Shimon are married to sisters. Vachis Achiv Mi'imai, or Reuven is married to the wife of his brother from his mother. Now, this is a little bit of a complicated case, so pay attention. A man and a woman get married, but it's both their second marriage, and each brought a son into the marriage. Reuven and Shimon are the sons brought into this new marriage, and they're step-siblings. They're not related at all. They're just step-siblings. This man and woman have another child, Levi, who now is a half-brother to Reuven and half-brother to Shimon. Reuven gets married, and then he divorces his wife. This wife of Reuven is allowed to marry Shimon, because as we said, Shimon is not related to Reuven. They're step-siblings, but that's not a halachic relation. But now let's say Shimon dies without children. Even though she now technically should be permitted to Levi because of Yibam, she's considered an erva because when she was married to Reuven, she had become usher to Levi by dint of being Eishas Ach. That's what we mean in the Mishnah by saying Ve'eishas Achiv Me'imai, the wife of his brother from his mother. Bezom Bezom on top with two more cases. Ve'eishas Achiv Shaloi the wife of his brother that was not in this world, he wasn't here yet, meaning Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Reuven got married and died without children. After this, Levi, the youngest brother, was born. Shimon has regular Zika Zibam to Reuven's wife, but not Levi because Levi wasn't alive when Reuven died. When Shimon does Zibam and then dies without children, leaving over Reuven's former wife, Reuven's former former wife is an erva to Levi because Levi never had Zika Zibam to her, so Levi's not allowed to marry her. And the last case is Vikalasai, Reuven was married to Shimon's daughter-in-law. Shimon had a son who got married, that son died, and that daughter-in-law got married to Reuven. As we said in the beginning of the Mishnah, Hare Elu, all these Arayas that we were just talking about, not only are they Patr Nibam to Shimon, but they're also going to Patr their Tsara, their co-wife, and their Tsara's Tsara, from Chalitza Nibam until the end of the world. But now the Mishnah says, Vikulan, all these women, all 
all these arayas that we just mentioned, in Mesu, if that woman had died, or she did Mion, in very general terms, if a girl gets married before she's 12 years old, that's only Kiddushin Drabanon, she doesn't need a get, she's actually allowed to just walk out of this marriage. Walking out of the marriage is called Mion, and if this woman who's an erva walked out of the marriage, or they got divorced, or she turned out to be an islandist, which means she can't have kids, and therefore it's a Mekachtois, we say that Lima Freya retroactively really wasn't a Kiddushin in the first place, so in that scenario, if then the brother dies, Sarsein Mutaris, that Sarah is Mutar Tashemin, and we're going to talk about this at the end of the Mishnah. However, we're definitely not able to say that if Reuven is married to Shimon's mother-in-law or the mother of his mother-in-law or the mother of his father-in-law that she was found to be an islandess or she did Mion. An islandess is someone who can't have children. Well, if she has a son-in-law, she obviously had children. And when someone does Mion, that means they walk out of the marriage before they're 12 years old. It can't be that someone who has a son-in-law is walking out of a marriage before she's 12 years old. It's impossible to have a son-in-law before you're 12 years old. Now the mission just speaks out everything we've spoken about at least twice. How is it that this woman is going to potter her tzara, this erva is going to potter her co-wife. So here the mission just speaks it out. Let's say his daughter, meaning Shimon's daughter, or one of the other Arias are married to his brother. So Shimon's daughter or one of the Arias to Shimon is married to his brother Ruvain. And Ruvain has another wife also. As we said, her name was Miriam. And then Ruvain died without children. Just like Shimon's daughter is potter to Yibam, so to the tzara, Miriam, she's also potter. The Tzara of his daughter, namely Miriam, she went and married his other brother, who we said was Levi, and he has another wife, whom we said was Yecheved, and then Levi dies without children, just like the Tzara of his daughter's potter to him, Miriam does not have Zika Sibam, so too the Tzara's Tzara, which is Yecheved, is also potter. And as we said, even if there's a hundred brothers involved in here, this status of Tzara, 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 keeps on getting passed on. And now the Mishnah addresses the case that we had mentioned previously, What's the scenario that if she dies, if the erva dies, so the tsara's mutter? And here we speak it out. His daughter, or one of the other arayas we mentioned in the Mishnah, is married to his brother. Again, let's just take the name that Rachel, who is Shimon's daughter, is married to Ruvain, his brother. And Ruvain has another wife, which is Miriam. If Shimon's daughter now died, or Ruvain divorced his niece, he divorced Rachel, and then his brother died without children, meaning after Rachel died, then Ruvain died without children, so that Tzara, Miriam, is mutter to Shimon because there's no erva involved anymore. And the Mishnah concludes, anyone who is able to do Mion but hasn't done Mion yet, and then the husband died without children, the Tzara is going to have Chalitza done to her and not Yim done to her. We're not going to talk about this case right now. And now the Gemara begins simply by asking about the order of the women that were listed in the Mishnah. Why is it we listed in this order and not a different order? Mechti, let's see, says the Gemara, everything is learned from a Chais Isha. The Pasuk explicitly states that if Reuven and Shimon are married to sisters and Reuven dies, Shimon does not have any Zika Zibam to his wife. All the other Arias are learned from that Pasuk of Achais Isha. So the Gemara asks, listen Achais Isha Bresha. We should mention Achais Isha first because everything is learned from there and then we'll mention all the cases. Why is it that we're mentioning Bitai, Shimon's daughter, first? And Rechitim suggests the Gemara Tano Chomri Chomri Nakat that Tana was mentioning the most severe cases of Arias. There's varying levels of severity within the Arias, so our Tana is mentioning the most Chomri of them. Reb Shimon here, the Tana of our mission is Reb Shimon, he says that Sreifa is the most chamur of all punishments, and that's why the Tana of our Mishnah mentioned Bitoi, because if a person's with his daughter, he would get Sreifa, and that's the most chamur of all punishments, so that's why we mention it first. If so, we should have mentioned his mother in law first, because the main Pasuk that talks about a person getting Sreifa for being with one of the Arias is written by his mother in law, not by his daughter. Furthermore, if you want to say that the reason why we have the order that we have in our Mishnah is because we're talking about the most chamur type of Arias 
and then only on to the less Hummer. Basar Chamaisai, after we mentioned the mother-in-law case, Lisni Kalasai, we should mention his daughter-in-law, which was listed last, we should have listed it after his mother-in-law. The Basar Sreifa, Skila Chamura, because after Sreifa, Skila is the next Hummer punishment, and a person's going to get Skila for being with his daughter-in-law. So why is daughter-in-law being mentioned last and not mentioned right after mother-in-law? So the Gemara says, you're right, the reason why we have this specific order in our mission is not because we're going from most Hummer to least Hummer. Ela Bitai, the reason why we mentioned Bitai first, Kimita Asim Midrasha, since the whole Isra of Bitai, the whole Isra of being with his daughter comes from Midrasha, Chaviv that's very Chaviv, that's very dear to the Tana, and that's why he mentions it first. Ask the Gemara, Gimel Amad on the top, Kul and Midrasha Asu, all of them come from Midrasha. We mentioned in the beginning of the Gemara that every single one of them comes from Midrasha. All these mentioned in the Mishnah don't have Zika because they're learned from Achais Ishtai, and that's from Midrasha. So the Gemara just further clarifies, Nadal Inyan Yibam Asim Midrasha, you write that all that rise in the Mishnah, the reason why there's no Chiv of Yibam is because it comes from Midrasha, but Iker Yisurayu the actual Isra of Arias regarding them is written beferish in the Torah. Bitai, but a person's daughter, Ikari Sumidrasha. The entire way we know that a person's Asr to be with his daughter only comes from Midrasha, and it's not written explicitly in the Pasuk. Dama Rava, Rava said, Amrli Rav Yitzhak Rav Dimi, Rav Yitzhak Rav Dimi told me, Asya Heina Heina, Asya Zima Zima. We have Exeir Sheva, Heina Heina Zima Zima, which tells us that a person is not allowed to be with his daughter. But that's not written explicitly in the Pasuk, and that's why we mentioned it first, because the whole Isra of Arias with a person's daughter itself is learned from Midrasha. That's Chavit Tanatana, that's very dear to the Tana. The Gemara asks, Hashid the Amrit called Milsa the Asim Midrasha Chavivalei. Now that you're telling me that anything that comes from Midrasha, it's very Chaviv, it's very dear to the Tana, and that's what we're going to list at first in the Mishnah, listening to Achais Isha Lebasayf. So we should mention Achais Isha all the way at the end, because we had said Achais Isha is the only thing written explicitly in a Pasuk that doesn't come from Midrasha, so we should mention all the way at the end of the Mishnah. The Gemara answers, no, I did the Ayri be Chvaso, since we had started talking about the Isra of sisterhood, the Tana Achais Ishta, because we had already mentioned the case where two brothers were married to two sisters, so therefore we also mentioned the case of Achais Isha, even though it's not such a Chiddush because it comes from the Pasuk. So we ask, fine, so why don't we mention all these cases at the end? All the cases of sisterhood, we should mention them at the end of the Mishnah. We don't need to mention them in the middle of the Mishnah. So now we have our final answer for why we have this specific order in our Mishnah. Why is it that Bita was mentioned first and then everything else following from there? Our Tana was mentioning the closest relationship to him himself, meaning closest relationship to Shimon, and then branching out from there. Tana Bita, first it mentioned his daughter, Ubas Bita, Ubas Benoy, and then his granddaughter, either from his daughter or from his son, the Kreve Atzmai. Those are his own blood relatives. And then, since the Mishnah had already mentioned three generations below him, namely his daughter and then his granddaughter from either a daughter or a son, so the Mishnah taught these same three generations from his wife's side. If he married a woman and she had brought in a daughter or a granddaughter from a previous marriage. And once we mentioned these three generations below her, her daughter, her granddaughter from her son or daughter, we mentioned three generations above her. And now that we finish that tangent, we come back to our original thing, his close relatives. We now mention the case of his sister or his mother's sister, the Krevei Atzmai, because those are his own personal blood relatives. And once we start talking about sister or sibling Isser, so we mentioned the Isser of which was when two brothers married two sisters. Really, the case of his daughter-in-law should come before the case of his brother who wasn't born yet, namely the last case of the Mishnah and the second-to-last case of the Mishnah should be switched around. Because the reason why the second-to-last case is Usr is not because of a relation of any sort. Since we started talking about sibling Yisurim, that's why we mentioned the case of and then that's why we mentioned his daughter-in-law Isser. And that's the reason why we have all these Yisurim in their order in the Mishnah, not because we're starting from the most Hummer going to the least Hummer, and not because it comes from Madrasha, it's simply because of this order that we just mentioned. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continuing to analyze the Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.